Before we get started into episode 10, I'm going to share with you the really raw behind the scenes conversation we had when we were first trying to get the recording going. It's a little bit funny, so I just figured I'd share it with you. Take a listen. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? All right, there you go. Can you hear me? Yeah, this certainly sounds like a T-Mobile. If I ever, if I ever. Ridiculous. Oh my God. Oh my, I'm trying to tell you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. This this should have been a commercial. This is ridiculous. (laughs) I wish we should. We should have recorded it and sent sent it to them. (laughs) And be like, hey, you know what? We we want something. We we want something for this. We just, here's a create, some creative for you. (laughs) Yeah, but to, to be honest with you, I did a post on LinkedIn that said that every call does not have to be a video call. True. People Very can true. still make phone calls. That's so I true. think if the cell phone people kind of ran with that narrative and took this video where you and I were like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? It wasn't working and say, just pick up the phone. Right. I can you the not. Commercial. When you, when the last time, okay, you, you, you went out to meeting and I was like, okay, maybe she's just going to call me. I was like, that, that'll work too. Welcome to the Unpolished MBA podcast. On this podcast, we have conversations with tech startup founders and entrepreneurs and traditional corporate MBAs. Many say that startups equal the unpolished MBA because those without the formal business education are scrappy and do many things untraditionally to achieve business success. But anyone who has built a business from an idea can attest to the fact that the experience is another level MBA and there's nothing quite like it. The candid conversation shared here is helpful to both sides of the fence. One is not better than the other, just different. Let's jump in. I'm your host, Monique Mills, and in my work, I get to have great conversations with a lot of smart and interesting people. In this episode, I share a conversation I had with Steve Worthy. While he is currently an entrepreneur, the majority of his career was in corporate, and he talks about how getting his MBA caused him to question everything. Listen in as Steve shares his story along with some great personal development tips. Are you an entrepreneur or a corporate employee? I am an entrepreneur. Okay. MBA or no MBA? Uh, MBA. Oh, okay. So what took you into entrepreneurship? Well, it's interesting. So um, my first goal, my first foray into entrepreneurship was, was prior to my MBA. And so it was a derivative of the current, my current business, which is Worthy Leadership Group. Um, when I lived in Atlanta, I started a, I, a business called Worthy Business Solutions. And it was, it was kind of an offshoot of something that happened at our church where we were actually teaching people how to start a business. And we just got, we just got bombarded with people coming into this class. Um, and the next thing you know, I started this little, you know, um, little offshoot at a coffee shop and people were just coming and we would just, we would just start talking about business problems and issues, talent, strategy, market segmentation, all of all these different things. And so I said, Hey, I think I got something here. And um, I just started, 
and I started I started writing business plans. I can you, can you hear the dread in my mouth, I, my voice? <laughs> I started write, writing business plans, marketing plans, um, all these things that I could talk all day about and help somebody about all day long. I started writing them, and uh, it, it just it was horrible. It was it was bad. It was horrible. It was bad because I just I just didn't enjoy that aspect of the business. I mm -hmm. enjoyed the the teaching. The hey, that's what I, I could walk you through. Bring me your strategy, then I can critique it. And so I kind of moved in and moved it into into that where I started doing more consultancy work. And so that's where kind of the business worthy uh, business uh, worthy business solutions kind of started. Um, and then a, a buddy of mine, we actually. We actually started a, uh, a radio talk show, Blog Talk Radio, and we just we we married that into the into the radio show where we were helping uh, husbands, uh, entrepreneur husbands, kind of understand and balance being an entrepreneur but also being being a husband as well. Um, and then, of course, as you know, you go. You, I was still in corporate America at the time, mm -hmm. and you know how things go. You start making a little bit more money, and then that business kind of went to the side. Um, fast forward four years, you know, four years ago, or fast forward maybe another 10 years, if you will, the Worthy Business Solutions kind of came out. I had um, went back to school and obtained my MBA, and it opened up an entire different world for me from a corporate America standpoint. Um, and that aspect of it, it just it catapulted my career. So all those learnings from an entrepreneur, all the struggles and all the mistakes and all the different things that you just had to read in books about and learn and 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 learn on the fly and i had mentors and things like that when i when i got my mba the mba was just almost kind of the icing on the cake it galvanized all of those learnings and the, the biggest thing the mba taught me as i moved into corporate america and into my current business was was, was tr truly critical thinking and i know i paid a lot of money for that right and we all did <laughs> It was more than critical thinking, of course, but I think that for me, it just it caused me to question everything, strategy, how to how, you know how to present, how to uh, bring ideas to the table, and yeah, that critical thinking helped me kind of dive deeper and problem solve so much quicker, mm -hmm. so much quicker than my peers. And then now, as a as a as a as an executive coach and also as a podcaster, the ability to be able to problem solve very quickly has boded well for me. However, now I find myself having to make sure I slow down a little bit mm -hmm. and not try to get ahead of whether it's the guest or whether it's, uh, you know, or, or it's my, or it's my executive coaching client or, or the, or the workshops that I'm doing, having to slow myself down and make sure I'm bringing everybody along for the ride, if you will. It's so common now for people to create a website and call themselves a coach. So in this clip, Steve talks about what executive coaching is not. There are so many misconceptions and many different types of coaches. And unfortunately, some people turn executive coaching sessions into therapy sessions. And he clarifies the difference. And then we also go into the differences in coaching, consulting, mentoring, and sponsorship. See, these are all different, but confused all the time. So I think this will be helpful. Keep listening. So my executive coaching firm, we, we deal with uh, black and minority 
um, leaders. And then we also deal with uh, organizations and helping them understand how to balance or how to embrace leadership equity and how to understand that aspect as well. So we kind of marry the two. So I actually take the organizations of, and, and help them with workshops, but I also help coach some of their executive team and some of their, some of the black and minority executives. But then I also have the black minority leaders who are looking for executive coaching to try to help them understand the rigor that's associated with kind of go up the go. Uh, it's, it's not a given. It's, it's just, it's, it's not just going to happen for you. You have to be, you have to have the emotional intelligence, but also the self-awareness to be able to understand your blind spots and to be able to move kind of swiftly, understand diplomacy, understand communication, understand where, where you are in your leadership quality. I hate to use that word. Everybody use the word your superpower, but if you will, right. To try to <laughs> right, right. Try to understand that because that will help you as you as you start to embrace you know different roles and different people within an organization and so just trying to just trying to marry those two but the education truly comes in in helping people truly understand what executive coaching is it's so describe it's, it for those who are listening yeah you know it's okay i'll tell you what it's not it's not counseling it's not therapy we don't spend an excessive amount of time talking about like your childhood you know and things like that it you're socialization and your family dynamics do play a role in who you are absolutely but we just take a piece of that and but we use the person we use a personality test to actually help you with that but coaching is truly helping you guiding you to a desired result that that you define coaching does not provide the agenda per se for you to get to that desired result we are here to help guide and ask questions and help you identify those gaps that are within your life. We just start with your current state and then we talk about we talk about your, your future state, which is your results. Where do you want to be? But then we talk about the gap and then we and then we close the gap. Mm -hmm. But the current state is probably the most important. Mm -hmm. If we don't define that current state, where you are emotionally, where you are from a mentality standpoint, career wise, what do you desire? What makes you know, definition of success, all those things, you have to be open and honest about it. And if you're not, then it doesn't matter where you go want to go. I think from a coaching standpoint is that you actually truly have to understand we are not here to kind of hold your hand through the process. We are not here to ha uh, have you just kind of like beat up your boss. Oh, my boss is horrible and this and that. It's not, a, it's not truly about that. It is really helping you understand who you are so that we can help you get to where you truly want to go and you help and you play 80% of that role. I That's think the right. tendency is that they think that coaches will be, it's like, it's that 2080. Like, no, no, this is your journey. This is your journey. We're, we're here to help guide you with that process as well. So, you know, sometimes I think people confuse coaching with consulting. Um, <laughs> and those are different things. And I also think coaching, consulting, and mentoring are different things. Oh, it's sponsorship. I, and sponsorship is completely different. Yeah, completely different. I just did a podcast on sponsorship and versus mentorship, and I like just demystify that because they're, they're they're completely different. I had mentors that I specifically sought out because they had a they were subject matter experts in a certain area, mm -hmm. and and we define and we define that relationship. Hey, this is exactly what I need you for. I need you maybe to help me with the operational prowess, you know, your side of, of what I'm going to need for, for, for this company. Maybe, you know, to the, the, the terminology aspect. Then I had mentors to help me from a, um, a, a political standpoint and diplomacy. Hey, help me navigate. I'm going to be up for a promotion here shortly. Or let me help me navigate the waters 
uh, what does that look like? You, you're, you're already there. So walk me through that process, right? Um, and then when I think about the sponsor, you know, everybody thinks about the sponsor, you know, as the, or they should think about the sponsor, of course, is that person who's talking about you when you're not in a room. That's right. But here's the thing, sponsorship is earned. It is not given to you. That's right. It is, it is not given to you. And that's the thing that, like, oh my gosh, why well, did I need a sponsor? Well, are you known? Mm-hmm. Or, and, and is your work known? Mm-hmm. Right? Because every time I've had a sponsor, I didn't even know that that person was looking at me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that that person almost kind of knew I existed. But here's the other part about sponsorship that I think is truly underestimated is that, and if you have a really good sponsor, they put you in, in, in situations where you don't even know that one you're you're being i guess you're being stretched sometimes yeah. you may know sometimes you may not but the other side of it is that they are taking those opportunities to position you because they're talking about you to their boss and their boss's boss uh, a, a great example um that i use and i use in, in in the podcast you know um of jim hogan who's um just one of the best dudes I, anybody could ever meet he was my sponsor and and a mentor and a friend he 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 had me create these documents he had a business unit he was over like 2.5 billion and so he he had said steve i need you to create like an overview a weekly overview and we're going to send it out to the entire team and i was like but shouldn't somebody else more seasoned you know do this no i want you to do it i want you to do it so I almost had a little bit of imposter syndrome going on. We could probably talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and little did I know, he was sending it every week to his boss and his boss's boss. And so we ended up going to this whole corporate event. And there was one guy who I truly wanted to meet, which was Jim's boss. And I said, uh, I, I saw him coming. And, you know, I'm talking to him. And I'm like, hey, hey, so how are you doing? Hey, I'm, he's like, you're Steve. You're Steve. He already like, knew who you were. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I am. Hey, I already know, I already know, I just, I already know all about you. I already know all about you. I appreciate everything that you've been doing. Love what you're doing. Love the talent that you're bringing on board, all this other stuff. And so, so that sponsorship piece is massive and it just helps you, it helps you build confidence and helps you kind of understand that people truly do care about you, but mm-hmm. man, it is so, it is earned so much. Do you coach both inside of corporate and entrepreneurs? I do. Do you notice any kind of difference in the levels of confidence between the two? You know what? Uh, the entrepreneurs are a little bit, they deal with something different because it's the uncertainty of the future. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this this market or this, this, this idea, this product is actually going to excel unless they've been in business for a while. When I coach uh, corporate clients, there's a surety because of the organization. And if the organization is on, is on firm ground, then they feel that they're on firm ground. However, when it comes to them trying to be noticed or to be seen, then that's where the, the issue lies. It's because they feel like they they feel like their peers or they feel like somebody else is actually, you know, better than them. Where and I and I look at their credentials and we talk and I'm like, I have no clue. I don't know why you feel that way. I, I don't say that to them. Uh, right, right. <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, I don't know why you feel that way. Like so I, I work with them on confidence. I work with them on, you know, their voice, right? I think the yeah. other side of that when you when you're in a corporate per se, you take on the corporate ver- voice. You take That's on the corporate right. you know, culture. And so you need to have your own leadership voice. And how do you do that? How do you stand out from your peers? It's not it's not always disagreeing with your peers. Well, I'm gonna stand out because I'm just gonna disagree right. with everything That's that not you have to say. Right. Way. Exactly. That's not the way to stand out. No, it's not. I mean you can I can I can embrace whatever your idea is and even if I disagree with it a little bit, I can I can embrace it and try to see the merit. And I think that's where 
we try to we try to help them cultivate that ability of acceptance also uh emotional acceptance of of like space and what i mean by that is that if you feel upset about something it's okay and and i don't mean that in a negative context i actually mean that in a good context because you have sometimes you have to stay with that emotion but you don't let you don't allow that emotion to consume you because mm-hmm. once you once you allow it to consume you now you can't see So I was interested in knowing how he broke down the process with working with people. And he broke it down into three things. Take a listen. Your, your thoughts, your actions, and your habits, right? So all those, those three kind of combined. And how do you take a look at each one of those areas within your life and make sure that you actually have solid, continuous um, developing habits. The tendency with a habit is that we'll try something and it's not even really a habit. It's a, it's, it's something that we end up doing. We'll, we'll try something for a couple of days and uh, it's not working. Get up in the morning. I'm going to get up at five o'clock every morning. Go, it starts for three days, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you have to be ruthless. You have to be ruthless about, uh, about, about your habits and, 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 and consistent with them, but you also have to define what those habits are going to be and how they're going to impact your life and what those results that you want that you that you want from those habits the the thoughts thoughts are the ones that that is the for me that's almost like the foundation for everything else if you if you have negative thoughts about your actions or about where you are in your plot in life or where you are within the organization or where you are as a, an executive coach i use myself for as an example where i know so many so many more seasoned coaches than myself and like well who am i Someone said imposter syndrome theory again. Well, who am I to go ahead and try to coach some of these individuals? But I've been able to have a really good measure of success because I've been able to show up differently. I've been able to, I've been able to take my thoughts thoughts under control. It's a consistency that's associated with those thoughts and how you and how you approach it. And then your actions are just about execution. Mm-hmm. It is how are you going to look at your habits that build your thoughts, and then you and then and then and then your act and then your actions are just a combination of all these things, and then then how are you showing up? But once again, the, the underpinning for me is always just the consistency within there um, because you can start something all day long, but if you, if you don't have the consistency to kind of see it through, Follow then it just through. doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. But I tell them, it's like, you know, when we meet, I need you to be writing stuff down. I need you to be putting it in your Evernote, in your note section, because you will find, I mean, you're just constantly overwhelmed with messages. We all are. Yes. And you want to, once they dig deep, especially in a session with you, for example, when you're going through your thoughts, your actions, and what's the execution. I mean, we're just human. We tend to forget. Yeah. Yes. We tend to forget. And then you got to keep repeating the lesson and it wastes time. You know, like, let's go back and revisit these notes. You know, before we even start, get your, get your pen and pad. I said, I'm old school, get your pen and pad or get your notepad or get your iPad. Because I am the, if you, you can't see my desk, thank God you can't because they're, <laughs> I post the notes and stuff all over the place, but I, I'm a firm believer in writing it down, mm-hmm. writing it down. Those who write it down have a better tendency to actually execute on it mm-hmm. because now it's written. It's almost a form of accountability. I'm a fan of using the technology of like Evernote or whatever it is people use, because I'll just type in one word and it'll yes. bring up all my notes about that. And I'll scan mm-hmm. through and say, this is, this is what I need to, um, you know, lean on in this, in this moment. Steve is a great storyteller, and in this final clip, he's going to share a story about his experience in the Air Force. 
Take a listen. I tell, <laughs> I tell the story about when I was in the Air Force and the DTI training instructor said, Worthy, I want you to be squad leader. And I'm like, I don't want to be squally. I'm 18 years old. I'm not being a squally. I'm not being responsible for like 20, 20 knucklehead dudes. I'm just 18. And some of them were older than me too. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And so I found the opportunity. I found a way out of it and I, I got out of it. Um, or at least I thought I got out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were marching and I was just doing some crazy stuff. And, and he was like, where are they getting the back? Get in the back. You're not a squat leader anymore. And I said, like, yes. Awesome. We get back to the, we get back to the barracks. He calls me in. And he says, Worthy, you think you got away with it? I saw what you were doing. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, you know, I, just, you know, I didn't say it to him. I was, because, you know, in your service, you yeah. can't say what are you talking about. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I'm, 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 you know, paraphrasing here. And uh, he said, you know, no, you're, you, you thought you were getting a squad leader. So you're not a squad leader anymore. But now you're a latrine queen. And I'm like, oh. So any, if anybody who's ever been in the service, everybody kind of instantly like, like, oh. So now I'm responsible for the bathroom. For, okay. for, six, for cleaning the bathroom. Um, for 60 18 to 26 year old 27 year old dudes that we're and we are in Lackland Air Force Base in the summer um, in San Antonio in San Antonio Texas we're, we're we're marching we're doing PT we're doing all these things and they're coming back and and so now I'm in charge of of this but you know and but what he said to me and it's this was that my seminal moment he said when, when you're called to lead lead because somebody sees something in you and if they have some experience, they're not just going to pick you willy-nilly, right? They're, they have these, they, there's something inside of you. And he told me that at the end of basic training. And he says, I'm, I'm glad you stepped into your leadership. I'm glad you showed up, if you will, um, because I, I saw something in you. And that's it. In this episode, Steve shared how his MBA caused him to question everything, dig deeper, and also problem solve much faster than his peers. Now he has to slow down to bring everyone else along for the ride as he helps others win in their careers. Now I like how he shared what executive coaching is not. Taking this opposing approach to explaining a concept is actually really effective. So take notes on that one to use for yourself. He talked about how imposter syndrome creeps in and how when you write things down, you're more likely to execute. And finally, his point about when asked to lead, go ahead and lead. Sometimes insecurities about your abilities, or as he mentioned, imposter syndrome, can get in the way of you making upward progress in your career. Don't let that be your story. The Unpolished MBA conversation continues, and you can be a part of it by going to unpolishedmba.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you.